0: two-time number one international best-selling author course creator and he has been assisting clients to enhance their understanding of money management to become debt-free discover ways to build wealth and to generate legacy wealth for over 18 years will you be next here is your host paul lawrence van
1: hey good day everyone it's paul lawrence van host of wealth academy podcast remember our mantra wealth is more than just money and today we're going to have an amazing guest on by the name of valerie r austin i want to welcome her at this time and then we're going to get started we're going to be talking about youth and careers and if a student doesn't attend college we're also going to be talking about how to help position them as well so valerie good day to you how are you doing my friend
2: i'm doing quite well and thank you so much for having me today
1: Honored to have you. And we're at a crucial time in our country because we know that the pandemic has had a great effect on everyone, especially the students. And today, part of what we're going to talk about is how did these students address their career with these pandemic shifts that have taking place. And we'll get started in just a minute. But before we do, we're going to start on your illustrious bio. All right. So Valerie Austin, she's Lieutenant Colonel, retired US Army. Thank you for your service. Thank you. And she is a career and college readiness author and trainer, and her college readiness book is titled The Student's Comprehensive Guide for College and Other Life Lessons. It's featured on amazon.com and various other book outlets. Valerie is a prolific and successful professional speaker who has presented an audience at the Veterans Biz Op, virtual conferences, public libraries, high school, sorority, college preparedness workshops, and other venues and I'll cover the rest of her bio as we go through uh, this interview today. So again, uh, Valerie, welcome, and it's an honor to have you here today. So let's get started. Again, welcome, and you model the expertise you share with your with youth careers and the importance of attending college and careers if they choose not to attend college, because we know a certain number of students don't attend college. What is the name of some of the colleges that you have attended, just to give people an idea of, of what your experiences like.
2: Well, I've always been a lifelong learner, and I love to read, I lo- love to research, and I love just knowing things. <laughs> and the four colleges that I actually attended was first, the United States Military Academy at West Point, New York, for my bachelor's degree, the first one. Then when I was in the military, the Army, I went to the University of Wisconsin, Milwaukee for my master's degree. When I retired after 21 years from the Army, I decided, okay, let me go back to school. I went to Montgomery College, a two-year college in Maryland to get a degree, associate's degree in networking. And then I said, well, let me think about what I want to do after this. And I ended up at the University of Maryland College Park. For. I started with computer science, but I ended up with geography and graduated from, from that particular school.
1: Well, I tell you, they're all great schools, and it just lets people know that we can never learn enough. And we always, to be successful, we have to keep on growing, and education really is that path to do so. And uh, one of the things that we're going to talk about now is your book. You're the author of the book, The Student's Comprehensive Guide for College and Other Life Lessons. And it's about career and college readiness. If you can share about that. And and as you're sharing that, I'll put the book up just for a second or two so people can can see what it looks like. Mm
2: -hmm. Well, as you stated, all of the schools that I went to are excellent schools, great for students. But when I was going for my associate's degree from Montgomery College and also my second bachelor's degree with the University of Maryland College Park, I realized that there were three types of students that I, would have, I was having this interaction with. The first one was a student that would be at a community college, and I actually met one who was there for four years, sure. it was a two-year school. Uh-huh. And I'm like, well, I don't know who's paying your bill, but this is not the time to be trying to figure out what you want to do out of four years. The second type of student were those who were there for the college life, the sports, the uh, clubs, the, the the just the college experience. But they didn't realize that you're at college for the knowledge, skills and a training for an entry level career. Now, you may change that career over your lifetime, but this is to get you into that entry level career. And then the third type of student was those who had never done any career exploration. (laughs) And they they showed up to college. They're it out. (laughs) They they, they it out two years. And then they pick a major. Oh, philosophy looks good. Uh You don't know what they're going to do with the philosophy degree. Oh, I just need to get a major. And so they were the ones that were the masters of accruing student loan debt because they would switch majors. They would switch schools. They, They were sort of lost. And then because they didn't do that career exploration, they didn't realize that You don't necessarily need a four-year degree for a career. You might have gone into a blue-collar career and just needed licensing certification and gone to a vocational school apprenticeship. So that's why I wrote that book, to make sure that people understand that college has a purpose, and you have to understand
1: what that purpose is. Absolutely. And I tell you right now, we're right in the throes of it. I, as a parent, am because my daughter, she's finishing high school, graduating in May of this Mm -hmm. year and heading on to college. So I know what you're talking about and doing all the research uh, for that. And so I want uh, people to also learn more about your book. I wanna put it up here one more time so they can get an idea. So when they go to learn more about it and purchase it, they know what it looks like and they can get it on, uh, on uh, amazon.com. And I also have it on the uh, banner here as well where they can be able to take a look at that.
2: Thank you so much for that. I appreciate it.
1: All right. So as I stated, we're all in the throes of this. So what are some of the ways that parents can prepare their children for after high school, after they graduate in pursuit of post-secondary schooling?
2: The first thing that I would tell any parent or parents or legal guardian is you have to help your child explore careers. You have to do that. And if that's going to talk to professionals, if that's going on websites like mynextmove.com to explore online about careers, you uh-huh. have to do that because that's why you have that dilemma. Young adults who graduate from high school and they float because they don't know what they want to do. Sure. Um, another part of that is talking to the high school counselor. We sometimes assume that the high school counselors are giving your child the best advice. We can't assume that you, you should meet with that high school counselor and say, "What's your vision for my child?" Based on that child's academics, based on their interests, because counselors have abilities to do skills assessment. that yeah. can help with, okay, these are some things that your child might be interested in. We can explore. Because I'll tell you what, I was reading about Supreme Court nominee Ketanji Brown Jackson.
1: Oh, yeah. She's
2: awesome. Awesome. She said that. I have when so she,
1: much respect for her.
2: Yes. Yes. And and, and smart as a whip. Smart well, as a whip. He's smart as a whip. And she said that when she was talking to her high school counselor, she told her that she wanted to go to Harvard. And the high school counselor said, don't aim so high. Who's going to tell a young person don't aim so high? Even if they fall short, the limits are
1: almost. Uh, Yeah.
2: There are no limits. Yeah. Yes. So (laughs) you want to make sure what is this counselor what are these counselors telling your child? Other things you could do. If you, if your child has college of interest, go to that website, see yeah. what the what some of the majors are, and then have that discussion of what type of careers can you get with this major. Uh, other things, some schools, high schools specifically, they have prep workshops, SAT, ACT, college application workshops. These are things that your child may or may not be attuned that are offered, so you can ask those questions how can i help my child to get to the next level these are things you have to do there's dual enrollment while your child goes to high school and also goes to college uh-huh. where they're getting the college experience at half the price sometimes at no price yeah
1: no price that's how my daughter was oh, yes. no Get
2: those general education courses. see so you know what i'm talking about and yeah. the books are nominal fee then mm-hmm. you have the college credit by exam like yeah. the Course, the college level examination program where you take a test and that again may help you to get credit as opposed to you having to take the, co- the college course. Uh-huh. So these are things you have to ask about. And if you don't know, go to the high school counselor, Google it. Google is such a resource that we've never had before. Oh, yeah. Parents were doing it in the blind, but there's so much information out there. So these are some of the things that parents can do. And it's a, it's a wide breadth of things, as you can tell.
1: Absolutely. And another thing that I, I saw, I participated with my daughter, they have a college coalition. So they have three or four colleges on there. And they would talk about what it's like to be at their campus and in different uh, career fields, et cetera, academic <laughs> areas. That's pretty good.
2: And, and that's fantastic. Because a lot of churches, if you don't really? uh, if not realize, some of them do college tours in the local area. Where if your church goes to these tours, put your child on it. They could go to the campus. Or if you're going to visit grandma and grandma lives out of state, go to some of the colleges within the area. So college tours are a great way. But you could also do that online with the college website.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And thank you for sharing that because we're at that time now where they're making these decisions. Financial aid packages are coming out. Admissions are coming out. So it's very important for those people who are listening. And that's one of the other things I did in preference before the interview is i let people know if you have a child, a grandchild, a sibling, niece, nephew uh, that's going to high school to tune in and listen to you today, because this can make a really big difference with them. I agree with you on that. Okay. So what is the difference between a blue collar and white collar careers? Uh, Why are blue collar careers just as important to pursue as white collar careers in today's economy?
2: Well, blue collar careers, the way that I define them and a lot of people do is that they normally work with their hands. They're normally working outside. We're talking mechanics, welders, plumbers, construction. It it could even be a medical assistant. It could be culinary arts. And the distinction is you're getting some type of licensing or certification. You might do it in apprenticeship where you learn while you're earning. You're actually doing the job while you're getting paid. And you don't necessarily need a four-year degree. You can get it from high school, vocational school, community college, or that apprenticeship that I mentioned, where you get exposure to those jobs. Now, I have to say, blue collar careers sometimes get a bad rap because they think, oh, you're just getting dirty. A lot of those careers require digital literacy, a understanding of computers, because uh, back in the day, a mechanic could diagnose what was wrong with your car.
1: That's correct. you
2: need a computer, you have to plug it in, and it'll give you all these codes and say this is wrong with the computer. So a lot of things are digital in terms of having to understand computers. That's the blue collar. Now the white collar career; these are types of careers we call professional careers, where you need a degree. It could be a four-year degree, bachelor's, a master's degree, which is the four years for two, plus two to three years for the master's, or it could be a doctorate degree, which you could be a doctor of medicine, you could be a doctor of philosophy, and you're basically being, have the credentials to say you're an expert in that field. Yeah. Therefore, the four-year degree is what most people are familiar with, but there's more schooling that you can get. And for the white-collar collar career, you need that degree. You can't walk into a lawyer's office and say, well, I want to be one of your lawyers. And say, and they'll say, well, wh- where did you go to school for your degree? Well, I don't have a degree. I just want to be a lawyer. No. <laughs> because, <laughs> because they have associations where they oh. make sure that you have the credentials. You have to pass exams, like the bar exam, bar to make exam, sure yeah. that you can practice in that particular career field. So there are a lot of things that go into this this world of the white collar career.
1: Oh, for sure, <laughs> for sure, yeah. Yes. In fact, uh, if you look at it, some of those careers they actually earn more than doctors do. <laughs> some blue colors, sometime they yeah, do.
2: Sometimes they do. Yeah. Yeah. Think, think about a high schooler who has a blue collar career as a plumber. They start at like fifty three to sixty thousand
1: dollars. Or electrician, yeah, electrician, yeah, yeah. yes, really a plumber, yeah, plumbers, absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, they do well. And without them, we, our house really doesn't operate our vehicles.
2: <laughs> well, truth be told, there are two things that I typically don't work with is electricity and water. Sure. And I remember one time I asked a plumber to see why my tub was, the water was flowing out. Sure. He showed up at my house. Uh-huh. He, he took off the old spout. Uh-huh. put on the new one, put the silicone around it. It was $100. Yeah. It cost him more time to come from his house, yeah. <laughs> his office, it than it did to replace that spout. And Uh, and think about if you have seven or eight jobs at $250 each one, that's a Uh, nice
1: living. Well, I tell you, Valerie, those are two really great examples, both the blue collar and the white collar. And it gives some of the students use some opportunities to consider either are. So uh, I think that is really, really great. So what are some of the criteria that young adults and their parents should contemplate when selecting colleges or technical schools to attend?
2: The first thing, and I'll keep saying it throughout this, sure. is career.
1: Yeah. career.
2: Because depending on the career, that will determine the post-secondary schooling. If you want to go blue-collar, you don't have to go to college.
1: Exactly. If you
2: want to go white-collar, you do have to get a degree. So that's going to be the first thing. The second thing is, how are you going to pay for it? Hopefully, it'll yeah. be free money, scholarships and grants, as opposed to a lot of student loan debt. Sure. And then once you do that, if you decide you're going to go to college, then... Part of that is there are three types or categories of colleges, and it depends on the admission standards of the schools. And I'm just going to say GPA, Uh activities, SAT. I'm just going to say those, but there are a lot more that goes into it. Okay. The first category is the safety school. That is if you have a 1300 SAT and a 3.8 GPA, the safety school is you can get into it because they're, SAT is probably 1,200. Exactly. And their GPA is 3.5. So you know you can get into that school because you're above the average. That's the yep. safety school. Uh-huh. The second type of school, it's what's called a target school. That means everybody has about the same. It's it's maybe one or two points, one or two grades, you know, points on the grade. But everybody, so it's very competitive. And you have a 50-50 chance to get in. It just depends on what the school is looking for. But you need to know what the admission standards for that school are. The third type of school is the reach school. That means that you may have a 3.8, but everybody else at this reach school has a 4.0. Got it.
1: <laughs>
2: you may have a 1200 on your SAT, but everybody has a, a 1500 on the SAT. And the reach schools, they have a low acceptance rate. Everybody wants to apply, but not a lot of people get in. We're talking to Harvard, the Yale, the uh, University of Chicago. So you have to understand what are the safety schools, the target schools and the reach. And I would say Choose three safety, four target, and three reach schools. And it correlates to the FAFSA. Yeah. Because you take the free application for federal student aid, you've already identified 10 schools, you send that off. And then yeah. when they start sending back, this is the amount of money we're going to give you, then you yeah. can go, oh, what's the free money you're going to give me? <laughs> oh. <laughs> free money money. So, yeah. so that's, why, that's important. The, the college admission standards and how it correlates to you. The right. last thing about that, in terms of what they should look for, is okay. We've gone through how much it's going to cost. We've gone through the the career in terms of what major correlates. you have gone to the target school. Now, come up with your own criteria. At least five. What's Two. the location of the school? Maybe you want to be in a rural area versus a city. Right. City. Maybe More, you want to. Yeah. Maybe you want to have a large. Uh, you don't want to have a large uh, student to professor ratio. Yeah. Maybe you want to go to a military academy. You want, maybe you want to go to HBCU. Maybe you want to go to a woman's college. What are the other criteria that yeah. you, and you have to talk about it with your, with your parents sure. because your criteria may not make sense. No, I'm sorry.
1: That's
2: true. That's true. <laughs> but you talk it through with them and your counselor to make sure that it is a viable criteria. One criteria that I always say when I give my workshop is you don't want to go there because your boo is going there. Exactly. No <laughs> reason. <There's> like a reason. <laughs> they may not
1: be- graduate with you. With <laughs> you, or they
2: may transfer to another school, and you're stuck <laughs> at the school you never wanted to be with. Exactly. So, what are the criteria and why you want to go to those schools. Yeah. So that's what I I would say to a parent and a student in terms of what to look
1: for in college. Yeah, it's changed a lot since I, I was at college, for sure. Changed a lot. But what's great for them is the fact that they can get on that computer and look now yes in the past, when i was going through you couldn't do that that we didn't have the computer back then
2: Never no and you yeah. went to your college counselor and they would open up yeah. a, a drawer and there would be all these cobwebs and they they'd drop a whole bunch of college catalogs on your on the desk and say here take a look but exactly. now you can put in the criteria that you want and google will spit it out or you can go to websites such as college board which gives you milestones for being a student in high school as well as what are some of the colleges that are out there for information about those
1: colleges. Exactly. It's out there. It definitely is. I know inquiring minds out there, people, parents that are listening, family members, and some youth. What uh, do you look at in terms, and what is meant by the return on investment that uh, young adults should consider uh, when selecting a post-secondary school Because you, you're attending, you're spending the money, a certain point it's gonna come from the parents, their, their amount they're gonna contribute. What type of ROI can they get from that? Return on investment.
2: Okay, and, and, and return on investment is a financial term, okay? Uh-huh. For me, the return of in, on investment of any post-secondary school is, will it get you the career that you want? Does it have the majors at that school or the apprenticeship program will get you the career? And why that is so important. I've had people, when I've given my workshop, come up to me and say, well, I was at this school, this college, And they didn't have the major that I want. So I switched majors. And I'm thinking, wait a minute. When you attended the school, didn't you have an idea? (laughs) You You didn't have an idea what the majors were? Um, So will it get you the majors going to get you the career that you want? And the financial piece on that is if you know, you've investigated your career. Because, again, they'll change throughout your lifetime. But we're trying to get you into that entry-level career. If you know you're going to make $53,000, uh-huh. why would you go to a school that's going to cost you $100,000 in student loan debt to get a job that's $53,000? Yeah, You should never take out more student loan debt than your first or annual salary for the first couple of years, because you're going to be eating sardines, beans and weenies, and being <laughs> a sausage.
1: A long
2: time. A long time to pay for that. So that return of investment is how much will it get you to that career, and then how much if at all, student loan debt will you have because you wanna pay the least amount of money to get that degree in order to get entry into the workforce. That's Absolutely. the investment. And a lot of students, they have this concept of dream school. True. That's a myth. The dream school is gonna get your career and <laughs> that you want. It's gonna get you going to get career the career that you want. There is no dream school. So if you pay all that money, because I know a lot of students who've gone to, and I'm not just throwing out some names, Harvard, sure. Yale, and yeah. they're working at Starbucks because they can't yeah. get a job. Exactly. They know what they could do with their major once they go, Oh, I have this major in English, but what can I do with it? Well, you could be a teacher, you could be a writer, you could be uh-huh. uh, an editor. You could. You. They never explored that part. So that's the
1: investment. Yeah. yeah, and and see again, uh, that goes back to the conversations that they were having or weren't having in regards to that career. Yeah. If they, they talked to someone in that field who was an English major, then they would have had a better idea of what they can potentially do. Yeah, for sure. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But thank you for that. My daughter, she knows exactly what she's going to do. So well, <laughs> I mean, what do
2: that she wants to do.
1: She wants to uh, be in business administration and uh, she wants to focus on finance. OK,
2: fantastic. And
1: the next
2: step is to talk to professionals in the field. And you're
1: you're it. Right yeah exactly <laughs> so we're on the right track here <laughs> okay well thank you for that so um let's look at some other alternatives for uh, for young people who are want to go to college um and what under what circumstances uh, should a high school uh, graduate think about postponing attendance uh, at a sec- post-secondary school such as college because we know that all students don't elect to go to college especially the young generation z they don't want to go into debt for a tuition uh, and, and, and uh, student loan debt. They don't want to do that. So what do you, how can you encourage them to better understand this process?
2: Well, the the purpose again of going to college is to get the knowledge, skills, and training mm-hmm. for a particular career in, in terms of entry level. Now, if your money isn't right, yeah. <laughs> you don't have the money uh-huh. or you're not ready. Meaning academically, some kids have a terrible experience in high school. And they yeah. don't want to open another book. They don't want to walk into another hall of, of education. They don't want to do it. Yeah. Or it's just a matter of they don't feel that they know enough about any particular career
0: sure.
2: to, to actually go to college and maybe waste money. That's why a lot of the Generation X and Y and Z, they're like, well, I spent all this money and I don't, so I don't what see <laughs> to, What did I do that for? Uh-huh. So, so that being said, you can do a gap year. Yes. Where the gap year is not you just sitting around the house eating jujubees and watching TV. You sure. actually plan for what you want to do. Do you want to work in that career field that you might be interested in? Do an internship? Yeah. Do you want to travel? And in that travel, maybe you'll you'll learn something more about yourself. Now you have to have the money available for that. Absolutely.
1: Um, but It can be done.
2: It can be done. Sure. Do you yeah. want to go to community college while you're working or community college by itself to get those entry-level courses out of the way so that it won't cost as much as if you went to a four-year college. You have to just make sure that those credits transfer. So you can take the time with the gap year to figure out what you want to do. Now, another part of that is you can work. work.
1: Yeah, Now, That experience counts.
2: Yes, and the experience of it is being on time. Yes. Uh, Speaking up for yourself.
1: Being accountable.
2: Being accountable, talking to adults—all the things that when some college students graduate, the employer says, "You don't have any experience." What they mean by that is you haven't volunteered in that career field, yeah. you haven't spoken to people in the career field, you didn't do a club. That if you want to be an engineer, why well, aren't you part of the engineer society at your college? You haven't worked. You don't. You, Nothing.
1: They're they're looking for for a bottom line.
2: Yes, yes. Can you thrive in this work environment? Mm -hmm. And just because you went to college doesn't necessarily mean that. So you can work. And another alternative is the military. For every civilian job, there is a military equivalent. And the military, if you stay in long enough, you can actually get money to go to school. Also, you're serving your country. Yeah, Absolutely. I stayed in for 21 years. The military can be... Uh, a, a great experience for you in terms of travel, meeting people, but you have to do the research about the military too. Because if you don't like your parents telling you what to do, the military
1: tells you what to wear, where you're gonna live. They're really, they're really gonna uh, on-the-job experience there. The experience <laughs> itself. Oh, you don't like what your parents have telling you what to do? Wait until you get in this uniform.
2: Wait until you get to them that uniform and, and you're um, the, the staff duty officer or the yeah. staff duty NCO and it's 2 o'clock in the morning right. and y'all to go out and walk around the perimeter. Yeah. yeah.
1: Totally different. It's <laughs>
2: it's totally different. <laughs> so all of that being said, those are some of the things. And then uh, alternatives, are we still on that? Online yeah. courses. Now that, sure. it, got, it got a bad rap during the pandemic, because a lot of kids weren't exposed to online courses. Exactly. Told, a lot of industries use line, online courses, military. I yes. used to take uh, education, uh, equal opportunity, sexual harassment yes. training online. Uh-huh. Um, Toastmasters. They yes. have uh, the Pathways program, which is online. You learn how to speak. You actually give speeches. But yeah, leadership uh, and communications. yes, yeah. um, there are. Uh, Online courses that are free that you can find on YouTube, or there are, there are courses that are called MOOCs. That yes. some of the, I mean, high end schools such as Yale and Harvard, they give these online courses. And you could just sit there and say, "Oh, this is pretty interesting. Yes. Maybe it's something I can look more into." MIT gives MOOCs courses. Sure. So online has gotten a bad rap, but in the same vein, there are a lot of there's a lot of information that you can get about particular careers, about particular um, schools, about yeah, courses yeah. that you can take.
1: We even um, see testimonials from some of the students that have attended, are uh, currently attending, yeah. Yes,
2: yes. So all of that is available to um, anyone, anyone who wants to look for an alternative to going to a four-year school. Now we're not okay. telling you not to go to college. It depends on if that career requires it and if you feel like you're ready.
1: Yes, absolutely. And we want want students to make a decision. We don't want them to do nothing. We want them to either go to college or we want them to look at a a blue collar type job. I've done them all. I've done them all. So I was an electrician for a while. I worked with UPS for three and a half years of college, even though I had all of my college through grants, Uh, but I still work. I was getting experience along the way.
2: And that's the whole point of, in my opinion, when you are in a career that is different than a, a job, Okay, we have dead in jobs. There are dead end jobs. Oh, yeah. Careers, what they can do for you is they give you growth. Yes. They give you experience in soft skills, interpersonal skills, hard skills. They give you, yeah. they, you can see yourself as a career progression. In 10 years, I'm going to be here. Or 20 years, I'm going to be here. Exactly. A dead in job is like, I don't know what I'm going to do with this. Because I, I just thought of something. I was in an Uber. Yeah. And the driver said that he was working for Walmart. Uh huh. I was like, "Oh, well, that's great." He said, "Yes, because they're paying for me to go to school, so exactly. that's a manager." And but he a says, lot of them are doing it now." Yes, he says. When I tell people I work for Walmart, they look at me askew, like I'm a loser. But truth be told, he said I'm doing the the dream that they're paying for my school, and then really? once I get to become a manager level, it's an international company where I could go Absolutely. almost anywhere. Absolutely. I could be in another country working at Walmart, and that and I never thought of it that way in terms of what is the progression of that career that you can see yourself 5, 10, 20 years down the line as opposed yes. to a job that you just can't yes.
1: see yourself doing? And that individual had a vision too. Yes. Yes, that's a vision. I'm driving, yes. but I'm also picking up more here at Walmart. They're paying for my tuition. And nowadays, with the price of, of college being what it is now, you need money. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> that is so true. That oh, is so true. So thank you so much. So what do you think, and we're going to the dark, dark side now because we're going to talk about student loan debt, the epidemic that it is. What step can students and parents take to reduce the student loan debt burden?
2: I would say start early. Yeah. And when I say start early, there are two facets to that. Sure. Career exploration, I, I can't say that enough. And Because there are a lot of things that young people don't realize that are out there. Yeah. And they may be exposed to their parents, their school, but th- that's it. And I, I'll just go back to Judge um, to Brown Jackson. Sure. Her parents were teachers yeah, they, they, and then they became administrators. But yeah. she quotes that the reason why she got into law is because her father went to law school when she was a young child and uh-huh. she enjoyed what he was learning in law school and the yeah. discussions. And uh-huh. so that exposure sparked an interest. So we have to continually spark that interest in terms of what the careers are. Now, the other part of the student loan debt is starting early. Yes. You, as a parent, mm-hmm. have compound interest on your side. Yes. Uh-huh. As soon as your child is born, you can put uh-huh. that $250 away, away, $50 away, whatever. Uh-huh. And a- yes, for your child. And even if the child doesn't want to use the money, if if they're 18, 19, maybe you might be able to give them a half a million or $25,000 to start a career, a, a business, or travel the world or do something. But you have time in your hand, your kid, not so much, because by the time they're a senior and they're looking for money to go to school, they're competing with everybody else
1: exactly. going to exactly. school.
2: So the student loan debt are, are those two things uh, as a reason of why it happens, because Kids get to school and they don't know what the what they want to do. They go switch majors, they switch schools, they never really get a degree, and they have all this debt. And
1: kind of like a career student. Yes, <laughs> yes, I've in college.
2: Yes, it costs money, and so cool. there's these issues that if you do not and start early, if you don't talk to guidance counselors to see from them what and when I say start money, talking to them where can I get money? Are there any grants out there? Are there any scholarships out there? Uh, Googling it, getting your child into organizations like sororities and fraternities, sometimes they get money. Uh, My cousin, I'll never forget her two sons, um, one liked the piano and the other one liked, uh, it was piano and the other one liked bowling, bowling. She would take the bowling one to these bowling league things, these tournaments, and he would win money. Uh-huh. 50% would go to him to spend what he liked, and 50% would go to his college fund.
1: College oh, that's
2: fund. That's a, that's a good idea. Yeah. And then the <laughs> once she did the same thing, take him to recitals, and uh-huh. if he won money, half would go to him and the other half would go into the scholarship fund. Uh So there are ways that you can get around getting money. It's just a matter of looking out there, talking to the guidance counselors, talking to organizations, seeing what money is available, because that's why there's a lot of student loan debt. Parents or student, because they don't know any better, wait until 12th grade year. Yeah. You have to accumulate that.
1: And how much is student loan debt in the United States uh, as of
2: now? It's about one point six trillion dollars, right. and the average is something like thirty four thousand dollars per student. And it may have changed. I'm um, going with probably last year's numbers or whatever, but that's a lot of, debt. A lot. A it, lot it, of it's, debt. It's a leader
1: of it leads before credit card debt, oh, yeah. Yeah.
2: leads before mortgage debt,
1: and it's going to increase with the inflation rate going up, and we have yeah. more yeah. increases coming up this year.
2: Yes. Yes. And even though they've attempted to help some students who had student loan debt because there were some irregularities in in terms of counseling for the financial piece of it, there's still a lot of student loan debt that you're burdening 22, 23-year-olds with the equivalent of a house payment or a car payment. It's It's crazy.
1: Yeah, it is. It is. But it's definitely something to pay attention to. And we don't want parents out there to take just student loan only, uh, mm-hmm. financial aid packages. That's egregious.
2: <laughs> oh yes, yes, free money, grants,
1: scholarships. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, or,
2: or and the college fund that they put away, or the child yeah. working.
1: five twenty nine
2: plan. I mean, it's just a matter of there are so many ways that when that child is born, yes. and again, you have to parents well, involved in that that process. Start start the saving, even yeah. if it's a little bit.
1: That yep. could pay for books. That's very true. It, it, it trips it, it, <laughs> it, it does. For sure. So why is it important that young adults receive early and often financial literacy training, such as budgeting, saving?
2: Well, the main reason for that is that someday that child is going to leave your household. Yes. They're going to leave your household. Uh-huh. And if they have no clue of how to manage a budget, okay, I get this amount of money in, I have to pay for my rent. I have to pay for my car maintenance, my insurance. I have to pay for gas. Yes. Um, all, lot, I got to pay the lights. Mm-hmm. I have to pay for the water or whatever it gets me. If they don't have a clue of how to do that, we're sending them up for failure. Yeah. That's why you have a lot of credit card debt.
1: And the interesting thing about that is most kids, they don't want to talk about it.
2: They don't. They don't want to talk it's about it they, because they might not have financial literacy, and it comes yeah. back to haunt them in, yeah. in that regard. And I'll tell you what: I, I had this experience. And this was years ago, but this young lady and her mother—they were at the doctor's office. I was there too, and I was—I don't know why—I looked up, but I saw the mother and the child come in. And then instead of the mother approaching the desk to say, this is my child and we have an uh, appointment with Dr. So-and-so at so-and-so time, the young girl walked up and the mother stood behind her and the daughter said, my name is so-and-so and and I have an appointment with Dr. So-and-so and and my appointment is is for this time. And the nurse said, oh, well, take this and fill this out and then we'll get you ready for your appointment. That that little bit of independence, that little bit of speaking up That shows that parents have a responsibility to make their children independent to think as young adults. And Uh, part of that is financial literacy. And sometimes parents, they don't have the financial literacy, but you can Google it. You can read books. Michelle Singletary, uh, Dave Ramsey. There's so many books out there that you can read to get what is financial literacy? Budgeting, saving, investing, living below your means.
1: And There's so plan, much money. budget, yeah, <laughs> yes.
2: That's why we got to do it for our kids. Often, because think about it, where do they learn in high school? Not so much. Yeah, college, not so much.
1: Not much. Yeah, because I know the in, in the state of Maryland, I was on a committee to help get financial literacy in as an option, but it should have been mandatory for the yes. state of Maryland. So, but it's an option. So uh, that that really uh, makes a tremendous difference. And going through the financial aid experience. Is a financial literacy uh, test as well? Because mm-hmm. you got to know
2: about taxes. You
1: have to know about it, yeah.
2: Everything <laughs> yeah. that goes into it. What? 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 How much is my? How, how much does my? How much does my parents? Did I say that right? How much do my parents right. make? Sorry. Yeah. How much do my parents make? What's yeah. the difference between gross income and net income? net
1: income? Exactly. How much
2: taxes do they have to pay?
1: Exactly. All,
2: that's all financial literacy. That even though you may not want your child to know everything that you make. Sure. Walk through an IRS form with them. Yeah. And they'll be like, "Oh, I didn't know there was a difference between how much gross and net is." Yeah, the money that you pay taxes on.
1: Right, the amount you earn, and then the amount <laughs> after taxes. Yeah, sure. yeah. yeah. But All we have, right. to have those conversations. So we want them to get this financial literacy because it's going to make a difference for them. Absolutely. <laughs> So uh, when we look at parents, we're going to put a little bit on the parents now. Uh, how do parents balance their retirement and saving for the children's post-secondary schooling? I know you mentioned that already because we looked at the 529 a plan, any savings that they may have earned. If a parent is an entrepreneur, they can hire their child to work for them and they can earn yes. money? It's tax, yes. Yes. You know, tax it's tax benefit
2: in some ways. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, r- retirement is the same as Scheduling money because it's scheduling, putting money in each mom to to fund that that college fund or that technical fund, a technical school fund. It's the same. You have to start early and you have to make two distinct pots. Okay, this is what I'm going to save for my retirement, and this is what I'm going to save for my my child. And the reason why that is so important is that a lot of parents are going into Mm -hmm. student loan debt called plus loans. Yes. Because they want their child to have the ability to go to college, but they haven't saved for it. Right. They're taking away their future. Correct. For their child. And that's a hard decision to make because... The child has
1: years. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But
2: but you only have so many working years. And that could go from anywhere from 25. What happens if you get hurt? What happens if you get ill? 25 to maybe 65. Yeah. But but you have a lot of people who are 65 working at Walmart because they don't have a choice.
1: Exactly. They
2: didn't put any money away. They didn't save. They didn't whatever. So I'm not blaming anyone. I'm not trying to make anybody feel bad. But exactly. those are conversations that you have to have with your child early on. My mother told me—I'll never forget—I was in ninth grade. She said, uh, "You have three choices: uh-huh. for your future. You can go into the military,
1: uh-huh.
2: go college,
1: All right.
2: um, and car- part of college was working.
1: Exactly. Get out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: like, She's like there could only be one woman in this house. That's right." <laughs> like,
1: well, that I don't know what she's talking about. you talk
2: me So what did I do? I went to West Point. I went to college and the military, Ooh. and now I'm retired after 21 years. Hey. Hey.
1: But I have know. so much respect for you going through a military academy. That's not easy.
2: No, it wasn't easy, but it was it was a great experience. It was
1: worth it.
2: Yeah, yes. yeah. It was
1: Absolutely. a great
2: discipline, uh, teaching you how to think on your feet. Uh-huh. All the I do now is I can attribute it to
1: going to West Point. Oh, that's great. More power to mom, that's all I can say. Yes, <laughs> she, she, put was a down, woman. she put down the law. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I knew I had that plan. I couldn't be hanging around there after oh, yeah. I absolutely, absolutely. Thank you for sharing. So uh, you're currently publishing a blog articles on LinkedIn and host a career exploration a series called Employer Speaks on YouTube. Uh, what motivates you to, to uh, branch into those areas to supplement authoring your book and conducting college readiness workshops?
2: Well, my, my book has a, an audience. If you Google college books, it comes up. Okay. When I give my workshops, there's a limited attendance in terms of maybe I can get 30, maybe I can get 50 people. Sure. But when you have YouTube accessibility, Oh, yeah write a blog on a platform such as linkedin you have readers and audience that is
1: larger so it's exponential
2: it's it's exponential so it yeah. was marketing for myself marketing for my brand and All also right. getting the word out sometimes i've written articles about dual enrollment sure. about college credit by exam
0: about
2: uh-huh. if you're going to go to college you have a responsibility for you know, telling your child, if your child is going to college, telling your child and explaining to them how drugs and alcohol, because parents think that, you know, my child will never do alcohol. yeah, child will never do drugs. Call the wrong crowd. (laughs) Yes, you're you're not there. You may give them the foundation, but you're not there to stop them from temptation. So that's a conversation to have. I mean, there are so many things that are important that parents assume their child knows. And but just
1: yeah.
2: as a young child, 16, 17, 18, you don't know a lot. You exactly.
1: know, you, yeah. you think you know it all. Say the uh, adult uh, brain typically uh, matures at age 25, give or take.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes.
1: Uh, and that's yes. in some cases, not all, of course.
2: Yeah, Some, some students are very mature, but mm-hmm. it's again, think about what you know now, as opposed to what you knew.
1: Oh my God. It's <laughs> it's
2: like <laughs> different conversation. So that's why I wrote, and that's why I write my blog. That's why I do my employer speak series, which is basically I interview people who have specific careers sure. and I ask them questions of how they got there, such as I interviewed, um, uh, the individual who was the vice president of the association associated association of builders and contractors sure. and we talked about construction and some of those yeah. careers i talked to an epidemiologist yeah. about what sure. he does and, and and what his research was about uh-huh so it's it, very important it's very important just to yeah. give exposure Thank and you. and i'm going to tell you this much <laughs> okay <laughs> when you have young people you as an adult Can also have conversations with them because this pandemic went through and we've talked about education and all of this, but what type of careers have come out of the pandemic?
1: A lot. The virtual world is
2: truck drivers. We found out we didn't have as many as we needed. And the truck drivers are the lifeblood of our logistics. Planes are expensive, railroads may be limited, but trucks are the lifeblood. We're talking people who do sanitation at particular work. Places Absolutely. so that people feel safe. Uh, uh, it's just so many things that nurses, came out. Of the doctors and nurses. Yeah. To traveling nurses because yeah. some hospitals didn't have enough nurses on staff. I mean, yeah. there are so many things it's, as a parent that you had experiences in the workforce from the pandemic that you should share with your child. Online classes.
1: Exactly. Just for
2: sure. So many things that are out
1: there. Um, yeah, sure. All right. Well, thank you for that. Now, speaking of the pandemic and the impact that it has, um uh did the pandemic impact you uh as it pertained to the career and college readiness workshops?
2: Yes, it did.
1: <laughs> <laughs> March, March 7th,
2: 16th, I think it was yeah, a I March 16 was a Sunday. I and I was that.
1: supposed
2: to have 10, ten uh, workshops scheduled for that month. Oh my ten yeah. Our 17th workshops. <laughs> zero. <laughs> yeah. Everybody contacted me saying we can't do it in person. The yeah. pandemic has had this impact. Vibrams Vibrams shut down. Shut down. It was horrific. Yeah. I can't even describe the shock of and a lot of people had that. The shock of oh, I have my future. Yes. And all of a sudden, zero.
1: Exactly.
2: <laughs> away. Uh, but things are slowly coming back just uh, done one Uh in-person, I think a month ago, and then now I've done the virtual. Of course, I'm doing the virtual workshops and doing another in-person with the Howard County Library System May
1: 4th. So let's talk about that one. I want to add this to the screen here. Let's talk about this a little bit, what people can expect they're, they're able to attend.
2: Well, if they're able to attend, I will be discussing with them what is the step after college, uh, after high school, excuse me, okay. after high school. Because again, these conversations that parents and students have to have are not taking place. We're leaving it to our high schools to say, oh, get our child ready for college. Sure, But there's no discussion on what are they going to do when they get to college? What's the after? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then after college, what are you going to do after college? What What is the workforce that you hope to enter? Yeah. And so I'm I'm gonna be having that conversation, these practical tips for college-ready students to get them thinking about okay, how much will it cost to go to college? How do you find yeah. out how much a college costs? You go to the website and you view yeah. w- w- how much are books, how if you're gonna stay on, on campus, how much are dorms, and, and colleges have that readily available. Oh, but people yeah. don't realize you, ha- you have to look at that information, and sometimes yeah. the, the academic counselors. I believe last time I checked, it was one per 47 students.
1: Yeah, that's not that's not enough. We no. need one for every 10. We need one for every 10.
2: <laughs> yes. yes, So it, it so, so that's what they'll learn. What's the next have,
1: after? May 4th, between six, six to seven thirty p.m. That's at the Howard County Library System and it's a career workshop. And we have the address for it here. And also the phone number. That phone number is area code 410. And then uh, 313-7700.
2: Yes. Oh, 315 It's okay. the East Columbia yeah. branch. East yeah. Columbia
1: branch. Yes, yes. Uh, of course, uh, I just want to let you know, Valerie, that I have to pick up my new glasses tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I <understand All> right. <laughs> that.
2: See, that's opto- op- optometrist or optician yeah. jobs, too. Yeah.
1: Was a- Absolutely. Absolutely, absolutely. But for sure, I'll be there tomorrow morning.
2: Okay. wipe them down.
1: I appreciate it. <laughs> now, if, if you could approve one thing in high school to prepare students for post-secondary schooling, what would it be?
2: You probably know what I'm going to say.
1: Uh-huh. Your career exploration. Career exploration. And
2: Thank the you. reason I say that is some high schools are very good at it. They provide career fairs. Yes. Bring professionals in and they're supposed to interact with the students. Well, I've gone to many career fairs where I've sold my book. or I'm giving a presentation and the children come in or young adults come in for lunch. Uh They look at who's there. They sit down. They talk amongst themselves at the ringing of the bell. They get up and walk out Uh because no one has told them that the reason why all these people are here are for you. Yeah. (laughs) four questions. You don't ask any other questions. Uh-huh. Secondary schooling.
1: Yes.
2: How much can I expect to be paid? Yes.
1: That's important. Uh,
2: what's the work environment like? Yes. That Because if you don't like to work outside and they want you to work outside, m- maybe that's not the, the right thing for you. Uh-huh. And do you offer any internships while I'm in high school? Then I might get it, or, or uh, I can follow you, or volunteer opportunities where I can find out about this particular career. Cause exactly. they might be able to have a reference there. You, you might be able to, they may offer scholarships. You yeah. don't know. But if you don't interact with these people who are at these career fairs, sure. then you, you, you you're you're on you're on a blind. You're in a blind. Yeah. But the students haven't been prepped.
1: Absolutely. To know so, what to expect. they they don't know. I've seen some college fairs here locally in Maryland. They have maybe 50 colleges and universities there, some of the military academies, and they they hand out um, logos, they hand out uh, different uh, items uh, with their school on it. And then you have an opportunity to speak with them as well. So I've taken my kids to the Marine Corps facility in Virginia. I've taken them to Washington, D.C. Convention Center and also um, at community centers as well. I've taken them every year. And then drive them to the campuses on spring break. That's what I would do.
2: See, you're doing the right, right. thing by them to expose them to those careers, expose them to those colleges, to give them an the opportunity to speak up for themselves in terms yeah. of what their interests are. But yeah. a lot of students don't have that. Yeah. That. Yeah. That's that. Connecting that way. Yeah. That activity. That either they don't have the activity, or they have activity, but they don't know what to do when they're faced with it.
1: Absolutely. That's a problem. That's, Absolutely. a problem. That's what I say, career exploration. That's the number one thing. I love it. <laughs> wish I would had, had it when I was going to school. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had had it. You know, this is true. So Valerie, our time is coming to a close. Is there anything else you would like to share at this time? Our contact information, upcoming programs. And I'll, of course, uh, put this. First of all, I want to put your book back up so that people can take a look. And, and here's how they can get it. I'll just put it in a bit.ly, but it goes directly to your Goodreads website, which also takes you to the Amazon.com website.
2: And that's basically the Amazon.com website. I'm also on LinkedIn. You can put in my name and it'll tell you Uh all about me and all I've done in terms of the blog articles that I've written. Uh You can contact me via my telephone number, which uh, Uh you can find on LinkedIn. I don't want a bunch of calls coming in. Uh Uh (laughs) That that can happen. Uh, we've also talked about uh, the upcoming
1: upcoming event.
2: planning on the fourth of May with the Harris yeah. Library System, so that's available too. Uh, okay. Yeah, and so you contact me through LinkedIn. You can contact me through my website, which um, it, it has my LinkedIn page and also my Goodreads page.
1: Okay, and I'll ensure that when I uh, put out the the um, audio here. And upload, I'll make sure I have that in the show notes as well. Okay. All of the contract information sure. Yes. So we'll we'll take care of that. And uh so in closing, uh what I want to say uh is to finish off with uh with uh Valerie's background, and uh she also published career and college readiness articles on LinkedIn, Trailblazers, Impact.com, and other outlets. She's been interviewed on the Maryland STEM podcast. on wealth academy podcast phil shapiro book review uh, youtube.com channel and uh, she hosts a career exploration series titled employer speaks that can be viewed on linkedin.com and youtube and i'll post that in the show notes as well so uh, valerie thank you so much first of all for your service to our country and the u.s army a retired lieutenant colonel from uh, west point and uh, we thank you for your service. And we look forward to you coming on to the program, the live stream once again, to share your knowledge and wisdom. And right now, I want all the people who will view it, are uh, viewing it now and those on the archives to get in contact with Valerie Austin. And she will certainly be able to assist you uh, with some college and career needs, blue collar and white collar uh, insight and uh, to help you and your student out. So thank you very much, my friend.
2: And thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure, as as I anticipated. It was fun. It was engaging. And as usual, because I've done this before, it was just a pleasure. Thank you so
1: much. Same to you. Same to you. Thank you so much. You're making a difference. Continue. So I want to thank all the viewers and all the listeners who are listening on the archive. Uh, Go out there to Apple Podcasts and look for episode 205, rate and review Valerie Austin's, her particular episode. And uh, give her a five-star rating because she's done a 10 rating today. So we thank you. I look forward to seeing you all on the next episode of Wealth Academy Podcast. Have a great day, and we look forward to seeing you each and every time and continue being the awesome audience that you are. Have a great day, everyone, and take good care. Thanks for listening to Wealth Academy Podcast.
0: Please subscribe and rate this episode on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. To get you or someone you know assessed for Paul's online financial freedom courses or money coaching in addition to resources associated with this podcast, email paul at info at paulvanspeaks.com.